Um, Hello and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. Don Pelto here and I have Dr. Ben Pearl here. Welcome, Ben. Hey, nice to see you again, Don. Good, good. And uh, today we are going to chat a little bit about electromagnetic therapy. It kind of seems like uh, voodoo to me. Everyone's have these new therapies and I kind of say, tell me a little bit how you got interested in this and kind of what you're, what it's been doing for your practice. First, let me jump off the the voodoo therapy, because I think that is very accurate to what people's impression. Impressions are. Yeah, magnetism. You know, when when they came out with those magnetic uh, insoles, I think in the late 80s, early 90s, the Gauss, which is the, the energy unit, is maybe like half a Gauss, if that, in, in one of those insoles. So you have to have some energy to affect a change. So like we jump up to an MRI unit, which has several thousand Gauss, and there's a huge jump between you know, what is basically an ineffective insole because there's just not enough uh, charge there to do much versus an office-based unit where you're actually hearing a ping, just like you would when an MRI unit of the cycle of the magnetic amplitude up and down and you hear that. It's very interesting. And you'll so I'm going to, as we're talking like a about static this, feeling, um, I'm going to share my screen. So this is an example of the machine that we're talking about here. And once again, we're not going to try to sell yeah. this to anyone. We're just kind of talking about it. Cause I think it's, I like to bring in new technology. Uh, this is kind of the machine. You've kind of put your foot in here and kind of how it works. And if you want, I'll put a link underneath this show. If you guys want to look more about this machine and, and this is kind of some of the advantages and, and things like that and some, some videos in Ben's practice. But so tell us a, a little bit more about it, Ben, kind of how you got interested in it, how it's affected your practice, how long you've been using it, things like that. Well, there's some, been some major manufacturers that have been using these for a while. And some of my colleagues have been using uh, some of the units. And I uh, looked around at some different technologies and I found one that fit my practice profile. And, you know, there's a lot of different things, price point, efficacy, things that you need to kind of feel out. And I started using the unit and and let's just start with the basic principle. The basic principle is that with all these regenerative energies, you're priming the, the breakdown of ATP to ADP. And in the case of electromagnetism, it's a hydrolysis situation. And once that ATP goes to ADP, a packet of energy is released. And the the cells that are deficient use that energy to heal. Now, in addition, with things that are charge-related like nerve and bone, which has a piezogenic effect, so even when we're walking, we're affecting a charge, very low, mind you. But that has been talked about with one of the essential elements with the ions that are necessary for bone healing when we have fracture healing, just mechanical pressure can create a small electric charge field. And we have these ions in our body, our bodies are are basically analogous to uh, batteries that respond to charge. And so not only do we get that packet of energy release, but we get buildup of priming the circuit of nerve conduction, which which also can be primed by electric energy, electromagnetic energy. And electromagnetic energy is different than like traditional galvanic stim in that the magnetism goes at a deeper level. That level penetrates 
at something related to Newton's inverse square law. So the depth of penetration is much greater than like a superficial TENS unit. That's where you get the deep charge that helps with bone healing, that helps with sprains, that helps with wound healing, that helps with neuropathy. These are okay. all things that I've been using it for. Good. So let's let's bring it really down, really far down. Let's say I'm a patient and you, if you just said that to me, I wouldn't understand. And, and I still don't understand anything you said. So uh, I come in with an ankle sprain. I come in with plantar fasciitis. You know, how, how, how do you use this on those things? And how do you explain it to the patient in conjunction with all the other stuff that we could offer, like cortisone, shockwave, all these other types of things? I absolutely do. And the reason I do is that it is a touchless therapy. So even when considering, and I, I still love shockwave for plantar fasciitis and Achilles tendinosis. However, I like this in that if somebody is super sensitive and I'm worried about beating them up with like, let's say a radial shockwave, which many of us have in our offices. Yep, and I think it's a great tool. I don't want to knock that at all. I think it's still a workhorse of, of a tool. The electromagnetism offers me not as much uh, pain for the patient while they're rendering the treatment. So it's in, in effect, it almost feels like static, like you're taking your laundry out of the, the dryer and it just has that little kind of prickly feeling. That's it. Now, occasionally you'll get a little bit of a highlighting. Let's say I used it on my iliopsoas, um, you know, that front flexor muscle that, that mm -hmm. really gets tight when we're sitting down. So I, I just use it and it really caused this oscillation. I thought it was like, what am I hitting my femoral artery or something? Cause it was really pumping. And I really felt the deep uh, penetration of the, of the magnetic field right after the treatment, several hours later, you know, it felt a little irritated, but then the next day it loosened up. Now with things, it's interesting because that was like a, just a very sensitive area with things like plantar fasciitis. However, I find that there's almost an immediate, wow, that, that is like interrupting that throbbing uh, pain signal. So there's also an, a pain uh, gate theory, which you know about, where we inhibit the signals of pain by offering another signal. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but it has different frequency waves. So it's not just one continuous cycle. It's going 15 hertz. It's going seven hertz. So in effect, it's sort of, quote, tricking the body so that the body isn't habituating to one pattern. It's throwing different stimuli at it. Hmm. So that is at least a partial explanation that the, the inhibition of pain signals, you know, at least in terms of pain. And then our blood has iron, which is also reactive to charge. So you get this upregulation of circulation. And I mm. was talking to you about a, a patient of mine that I suspect with gout. And uh, I don't know how well, and, and I think we talked about it. Uh, I have these all these videos up on my uh, FitFootUse site. So it would be easier to see the videos there than me to try to show you the phone picture. But you literally see where the toe that was swollen, in this case, gout uh, typically affects the big toe. He also had some ankle pain. Right at the base of the toe, it was less pink. It was almost like mottled, like kind of skin tone and pink, like mixed in because the swelling had actually lessened right directly after the treatment. When he got up out of the exam chair, and this is typical, without any cortisone or anything, he said he was about 25% better. And to me, that's like a home run. 
Hmm. Oftentimes I will find that later that day, they'll feel even better. And then the trick is how long does it sustain and how many treatments do we need? Typically I'm only doing a few treatments. I'm not like with some of the laser options, let's say for neuropathy, you're doing 10, 12 treatments. Sometimes I am getting nice neuropathy results, three to four treatments. I'm not saying Don, that I'm getting full recovery of sensation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about more movement in the toes when uh, uh, my diabetic patients have a lot of stiffness from the neuropathy, that nociceptive gnawing or burning pain is diminished significantly. Mm-hmm. So those are those are the things. And there's been, by the way, some NIH papers. I was looking at one this morning. So if you if you Google the search terms, you will find some stuff that's reviewed by the NIH. That particular study I'm referring to was about 800 Gauss. My unit, I, I go up to about 3,000, 3,000 3, to uh, 3,500 gauss. So uh, you're getting a quite a big bolus of uh, energy. And this technology, you told me the name again. What's the generic name for it? Okay. There's several generic names. The, the one that most people are familiar with, and if you Google it, you're going to find all kinds of uh, devices sold on Amazon that are lower gauss units. Those are home-based or wearables or mats. And the term is PEMF, pulsed electromagnetic frequency. Okay. And so it's a, in a pulsed fashion and electromagnet obviously refers to the energy source. Now the units that are available for a medical office are going to be a much higher level of gauss. Okay. And in some, and, and there are different trade names and I'm not going to put, you know, which one is with which, but there's EMTT, there's PMST, and I'm not even going to mention any, uh, I don't want to get into advertising, but mm-hmm. these are different higher levels of PEMF than the ones that you would get, let's say, you know, ordering off Amazon, you know, for a smaller unit. Interesting. So um, I know there, there's always a lot of different types of uh, treatments for, for example, plantar fasciitis and, and other types of things. What's your experience in terms of fitting it into your workflow? Like, uh, for example, for shockwave, I might three do three shockwaves and then do a six-week break and then another three if I need to or do four. Do you do it like in conjunction with shockwave? Are you doing it in conjunction with cortisone? Are you just doing it standalone? Um, how long do the treatments take? Do they sit there and you put their foot in there? You can leave and see another patient. How does it go with the with the ones that, that you've been? That, that's a great question. First of all, both with shockwave and with uh, electromagnetic treatments, I do not mix and match cortisone because I feel that's doing the opposite. It's mm-hmm. throwing the uh, the T cells away, and we want to bring we want to bring those cells to the area. These things upregulate uh, the growth hormones and upregulate uh, the helper cells, the T helper cells coming to the area to in- induce tissue repair. I was reading a, a study this morning about wound healing, and they were looking at um, zinc and how electromagnetism is used in conjunction with zinc as an ion to help promote healing. So they were using both. And that's the other thing that I'm going to be looking at. I was talking to you about this, like things like warts where I do candida injections and I'm just hitting that spot wart. Would this help perfuse it more? I think so. So I think that there would be an opportunity to maybe even get a bigger blanket effect from the candida potentially. 
And I've even used this, Don, with situations where I have a very swollen, ingrown toenail, and it's one of my, you know, blue-collar workers. They got to get back to the workforce. This is their day off. So I say, you know, Mr. Jones, this is this might this injection might be difficult for me to do, but here's here's something I can do for you. I can do, and of course, this is a cash proposition. There is no insurance code for this particular type therapy. Delayed unions, non-unions, yes, you can order the units that would be insurance covered. Not my unit, though. That that doesn't fall under the same code. So I, I offer that to them as an option. We can lessen the swelling. And in fact, I will even, after I do the injection, to perfuse the injection, put them back in the ring hmm. to try to perfuse the anesthetic so that I uh, uh, obtain a hmm. better block. And I'm not charging the same amount because this is kind of an auxiliary procedure to the main procedure, yeah. which is, you know, the ingrown tone. Sometimes what I'll do too is I'll say, look, we can get you some immediate relief, Mrs. J- you know, Mrs. Jones. You, you, I'd rather you do the antibiotic. Your, 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 your toe is swollen. It's going to be hard to drive this in. I know that, you know, pain is difficult for you. Let's do a treatment today just to take the ebb and flow down a little bit on the swelling and then come back and see me in, in five, six days after you've been on, let's say the oral Keflex, and mm-hmm. then let's do the procedure. So I've done it both ways. Hmm. You know, I, I find in our practices, as we were, if you're interested in learning new treatments, I, I, I tend to find that there, it can be overwhelming in trying to explain so many treatments. You really need to kind of hone in on like, or do a package, say like, okay, we have this plantar fasciitis package. You're going to get shockwave with this added on and just call it whatever it is, your regenerative package versus, because if you explain shockwave, then I'm going to do this electromagnetic and then you're going to do all these other things. I think it gets confusing uh, for patients with too many options. Like it, it, it gets too complex. Um, which one do you choose? Do you, do you do packages or do you just say, Hey, you know, I'm going to try this and then we'll try the next thing. We'll try the next thing. Exactly to your point, what I've been now introducing, Don, is instead of going and, and, you know, we all have our preconceived notions like, oh, wow, gosh, I've been doing radial shockwave for plantar fasciitis. It's been working out pretty well. What I like about this is I can lower the price point slightly. Why? Because it's not like it's I'm not going in to check on them. I do. But I can set that ring up semi unattended. Let's just call it like that. Then I can come back and say, you know what? I want to take up the amplitude a little bit. I'm going to increase the Gauss, uh, uh, go up to 80%, let's say, as opposed to 60%. Take it up a little bit. But I'm basically working with another patient in another room. You asked about workflow. So it's basically adding uh, a technical assistant that isn't a person to your, and, and that has been the revolutionary thing. You know, the shockwaves, I am doing them myself, as most people do. I don't know uh, too many states where you can have a tech do that sort of thing. But at any rate, apart from that discussion, it frees up my time. And so I am now using this as my primary Mm go-to. It's become sort of my Swiss army knife in my practice. And I'm not saying that things like laser and shockwave aren't still useful. I just prefer with the management as an intro treatment. I know it's not going to hurt them generally. Uh, that this has just been a great tool. And then if if I'm not, let's say, getting any delta, any change, then I say, you know, we'll do maybe a couple of these and then maybe let's try a radial shockwave. So I, I don't have a particular formulaic because I find 
that my patients respond differently, even with the same clinical entity to different things. Some people are just seem to be more uh, biologically receptive to electromagnetism than others. But it's been, I, I would say, and this sounds crazy, but like 80 to 90% of my patients are responding in some positive way, even if it's minimal. To yeah. this. I haven't had too many that like, oh my gosh, it hurts. So much. And I had that happen uh, occasionally with laser or even shockwave where they said, you know what, it, it really hurts after and that and then you have to explain that's part of the healing process we're trying yeah. to recruit things to the area etc break up uh scar tissue well, cool ben i i'm gonna i'll put a little link underneath here uh of your your website where they can learn more about it and, and and let people search it out that's what i like about talking about is new technology um i know uh in early january you're having a, a something on biomechanics that's another area so tell us a little bit about that as we finish up and then any, any last words yeah so it's going to be really great. I'm going to have um, one of uh, my new heroes, uh, and I, I, I'm going to pump his book, Richard Richard Blake. He's done now the second edition, which I've I've previewed. And Don, I call this book, uh, and he'll he'll be one of the featured speakers on two uh, things: one on limb length discrepancy, and then he's going to do just a, sort of a general uh, his biomechanical uh, approach. Uh, but it's kind of like a gold key book. I mean, it's it's got so many pictures. It's cross-referenced. You know, he'll talk about something on tarsal tunnel and then jump over to Morton's Neuroma and talk about, uh, you know, ways that you can do uh, neural release and uh, neural flossing, as, as it's called. You know, I didn't even know much about neural flossing, but then he describes and has pictures of the extension flexion of the toes and so, you know, you look at the pictures and and it's it's just really good for the lay person uh, as well as the seasoned practitioner. So he'll be there. I'm going to have this uh, Simon Bartold is always entertaining from Australia. He'll be talking about uh, innovations in, in shoes. I've got, you know, from kind of more of the barefoot science world, Golden Harper. He's one of the developers of the Alter Shoes. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Natch uh, Chocklingham from England. So it's an international thing. He's going to be talking about uh, things related to shearing and some other um, uh, biomechanic metrics. He's a PhD in biomechanics. So it, it's it's going to be really good. It's January 19th, and you can email me at arlingtonfoot at gmail, and I know you'll provide the link. And it's a nominal uh, charge for everything that's been involved in, in putting it together. And it's virtual, so you can sit there in the comfort of your home and be in your PJs and have your hot cocoa or whatever and, and just uh, enjoy uh, and listen in. Great. Okay, Ben. Well, thank you for uh, all, all that work putting that together. I know whenever you try to do an event, it's like hurting hurting cats, and so it's not an easy thing. It really is, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, passing the word. And I hope, uh, you know, in fact, I'll give you a a, a comp on that just because yeah. you know we've been working together. If you cool. want to attend, and okay. I think it'll be good, even. Uh, and I'll have it post production. It'll be available. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a small if you're, if you're watching this after, you guys can check it out. And uh, until next time, okay, Ben. Yeah, man, I, I wanted to leave on a, a comical note. It's been a serious year, so I thought I'd uh, invoke a little uh, Sly Stallone on what he'd maybe say about magnets, and he'd say, you know, uh, I don't know about magnets, you know, I think I met a guy from South Philly, I think he had a magnet in his head, but, uh, you know, I'm going to try to stay grounded this year. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. On the fly. All right. Good That's to see you, one. Don. Good Happy New one. Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Great. Thank you.